With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yes, this is Action Movie Rewind with Mackie and Judd, where we do deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies of all time. And gentlemen, today we convene, and this is the this is the third episode of Action Movie Rewind since we rebooted the franchise after nearly a year hiatus, and we're going back to 1991, Point Break, one of Judd's all-time favorite movies. Is this one of your five favorite movies? Yeah, probably. And action-wise, for sure. Yeah, I love this film. Yeah, whether it's surfing or bank robbing or weird football scenes it's on the long, beach. and I like it. It's not that long. It's, it's a like, little long. It's, it's a little it's long. long. I, I think it's 202. But anyway, my point is, yes, I love it. I love this film. Keanu. So let's go through some of the particulars here, and then we'll get to statements about Point Break. So movie summary. Uh-huh. After a string of bizarre bank robberies in Southern California, with the crooks donning masks of various former presidents, a federal agent named Johnny Utah, played by Keanu Reeves, infiltrates the suspected gang. But this is no ordinary group of robbers. No, they're surfers led by the charismatic Bodie, played by Patrick Swayze, who are addicted to the rush of thievery. But when Utah falls in love with a female surfer, Tyler, who is close to the gang, it complicates his sense of duty. on Rotten Tomatoes, $24 million budget turned into $83 million at the box office. And the Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus says absurd, over the top, and often wildly entertaining point break is here to show you that the human spirit is still alive. This movie is one of the top action movies that's still in reruns on like TBS and some of these channels. You can find it almost on a monthly basis. It starred Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Lori Petty, Gary Busey, and John McGinley. And a few fun production notes. James Cameron was an executive producer on this movie. Oh, wow. Interesting. Coming off directing uh, the first two Terminator movies, and then he had True Lies and Titanic on the horizon in the next five years as well. Matthew Broderick, Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, and Charlie Sheen were all considered to play the Johnny Utah character. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. That's yeah, a that weird one. That would not have worked I, out. No, that would not have worked out. Yeah. Of these other ones, which one? Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, Charlie Sheen. Which one would you have if you had to sub one in for uh, Keanu? I think Sheen back, or Val could do it. Yeah, I think Val. Back then, Val would have been at the time. Yeah, hundred percent could have done it. Yeah. Uh, Point Break was originally called Johnny Utah. That was the movie's title, and then they realized, well, that doesn't say much about surfing. So <laughs> right. Oh, so they changed the name. 
And then uh, two months before filming, Lori Petty, Reeves, and Swayze trained with former world-class professional surfer Dennis Jarvis on the Hawaiian island of Kauai. Nice. I love uh, Kauai. Jarvis remembers Patrick had said he'd been on a board a couple of times. Keanu had never surfed before, and Lori had never been in the ocean before. And so uh, they wound up having to train at least how to, like, like Swayze liked to do all of his own stunts. And so he actually wound up making 55 jumps out of planes as well. For this. <laughs> That's the best I read. Sorry, we needed, we got to run it back. Another take, another take. So uh, that's the framework for Point Break. Let's get into the statements here. Let's go around the room. Point Break statements. Start with Judd. My first statement is very simple. This is why we do this segment. This is why Point Break is why AMR exists. I don't know that you're going to get 100% consensus here, but we'll see. No, we'll that, see. That, that's fine. But I just, I think <laughs> that this film, I, I mean, I've watched this film and I, I watched it again yesterday. I've watched this film probably 10 times now. And the first time, I think I, I told you guys this previously. The first time, like halfway through, I'm like, this is just garbage. And then I kept watching it and I'm like, you know what? This is fun. And now I absolutely love it. It's like uh, it's like putting on some comfy slippers. It is just a great – you settle into Point Break. And, and so I'm curious what Dex says because it's his first time watching this. And, mm-hmm. and my impression after my first time was not nearly what it's become, but it is – it's just the perfect mix to me of action and actors. I mean – Keanu is Keanuing at his oh, best. God, I love him. Busey, Busey, I love Busey. He's crazy, but he's mm-hmm. great. McGinley is great. Um, Swayze as a bad guy, because at that time, yeah. you know, he he was the the uh, bouncer in Roadhouse, or okay. he was in a uh, Ghost, which I think he had just been in before this film came out or was was worked on. So anyway, this is why we do this, in my opinion. AMR exists because of films like Point Break. I like the way you put it. Keanu was very much Keanuing. Swayze was very much Swayzeing, and John C. McGinley was very much John C. McGinleying and he's in great. this movie. And, and he's I would even great. argue Laurie Petty was Laurie Pettying in this. Yeah. Movie oh, I agree too. with that. I and and by uh, Keanuing, the difference now is in his films. I feel like. He he uses less dialogue. Like they're still really good, probably for the best. <laughs> right, exactly. But he sort of perfected the look, and and he got more jade. Like like now he looks old, and he's sort of scary and mean. Back oh, then, wow. oh, I do too. I love him. But there was a lot of dialogue, and that is classic Keanu. You know, I read in the in the Wikipedia notes for this movie in the production notes. Apparently, there was some. I don't know where it was, but they did some sort of like theatrical adaptation of this movie in which they would just pull a random person from the crowd to play oh, the yeah. Keanu role off yes. cue cards. So they would just like, so everyone, everything else was, you know, they had actors yeah. for all the other parts and they would just bring up a random person from the crowd and say, all right, you're going to play Keanu. Just read your lines off cue cards for the whole, <laughs> the whole play. Can you tell the difference? All right, Declan, what's your first statement? All right. So my first statement. Um, so I, I've, I've heard, the parallels between these two movies going into this, and you guys have talked about it, other other people too, and I did a little research on this. Um, so my statement is this. Yeah, this is Fast and the Furious with surfboards. It's the yes. same film. <laughs> it's the same film, just with a little different tweaks here and there. Down to the robberies, down to him weird, ordering weird food and hitting on the girl at, at, at like that little surf jack bar, um, him being obviously <laughs> undercover. This... 
Weirdly enough, this movie set the groundwork for an insane movie franchise that is still going to this day. And I don't know if Fast and the Furious has acknowledged Point Break as like, hey, like we have like a, our inspiration came from Keanu Reeves and this movie from the 80s. But this is Fast and the Furious just with surfboards. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, there's a, there was a lot of these types of things where like like Die Hard launched a bunch of movies, you know, Die Hard was in a building, and then there was Die Hard on Alcatraz, and then Die Hard on a plane, and then Die Hard, right? And so, yeah, I think Point Break is probably the same way. And we're going to do, we will definitely review more of the uh, Fast and the Furious movies, too. I think we did the first one in the initial run of Action Movie Rewind. It might be a little too soon to just do it back-to-back, because we'd be reviewing the same movie, basically. Uh, But, yeah, you're right. They definitely borrowed from... Sorry, Mr. Crow here. I'm going to shut this. Yeah, I don't like. Crow. I, I like the shirt. Right that I don't like crows. Yeah, yeah the crow, crow. Mr. Crow I'm not, outside. I'm not a big crow guy. It's nice, nice little breeze in the morning here. I want to keep the window open, but Mr. Crow is going to put an end to that. All right, my first statement is Johnny Utah is a terrible police officer. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay, so he's he, he the amount of times he's putting his own personal agenda ahead of the law and ahead of his duties as an FBI agent and or officer of the law is appalling. <laughs> and also, like, he's putting his own personal agenda ahead of his partner. He basically got Gary Busey killed yep. because he was unable to do his job, right? Like, he... Yep. Well, yep. actually, and this is the NRA part. He almost got Gary Busey killed early in the movie when yep. Busey's out there with the binoculars mm-hmm. by the beach playing backup, right? And and Keanu disappears. Johnny Utah disappears behind the bushes, gets in a fight with these four guys, and then Swayze Bodie comes over to save him, right? And then Busey comes down, not seeing what's happening. And then, you know, he was going to ask what happened. Then he realizes, oh, he's with, he's with this other guy. So we're going to pretend like we don't know each other. And freaking Johnny Utah sends him right into the four angry guys that just got their asses kicked. Uh, he also lets Bodie go on the beach during the storm at the end. Like he's, he's consistently putting other people's lives at stake in the bank. When multiple people are getting bludgeoned and killed in that bank, it's like, dude, you are an FBI agent. You're here to stop these the things from chase. happening. He he could have shot. He could have Correct. shot him on the foot chase. And he fires and eight, he fires. eight rounds off into the sky. Yeah. Ah! So I don't I don't know like 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 also how did the FBI allow Johnny to stay on the Bodie case after he aided and abetted a bank robbery? So yeah. all these things happen right. And he's and he's clearly in with these bank robbers now, and he's in handcuffs at one point, and so all this happens, and then we just transition a few months forward, and he's still on the case. He's just leading the search for Bodie still. How do you let that? How does somebody else not step in and lead the search for Bodie by the end of that movie? What is wrong with the FBI? <laughs> so great! It's so great! It's so great! And he just absolutely, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, I mean, him and, and Busey's character, like, they're just two like rogue, you know, rogue FBI guys. They're going after people. I know where he is. I thought you'd say that. And then they go out and get Busey killed. This is another, like, this was the era too, like the eighties into the early nineties. There's, I would say early eighties, uh, Beverly Hills cop all the way into like late nineties, Schwarzenegger action movies. Yeah. Where it was just a race to see how many dumb one-liners or screaming discussions can you have? The first discussion they're having, Busey and um, and Johnny Utah, 
They're just like screaming at each other outside. Doesn't it make you feel something? Like make you feel like you're alive? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, why are you you yelling at each other? Yeah, Yeah, man. Good. Then what's your idea? Yeah. Or what's your theory? (laughs) Okay, so that's my next statement. This film, and I've documented some, is filled with so many great lines. Just one-liners, but they're great. For instance, we never go in the vault. You're blowing it, man. See you in hell, Johnny. He's not coming back. Utah, get me too. Like everything this <laughs> yeah, film did revolves around the one-liner meatball sub. Yeah, See that place around? Sub. And then the, the ex-presidents <laughs> are going in the bank, and he's like, okay, I need a, a, a what? Not a um, two meatball subs and a lemonade with that. This film is filled, though. You know, I am an FBI agent. That's where Keanu's classic. My favorite corny line in this was after he gets saved by Lori Petty his first time out surfing. And she annoyingly just like she saves him and then just like annoyingly paddles away. And he goes, my name's Johnny Utah. And she goes, who cares? My name's Johnny Utah. Like, what? Why are you yelling your name? So weird. On, On the beach at the end is so classic when when he goes yeah. you gotta go down man you crossed the line and people trusted you and they died and he's it, it, what's great though is it's like he's reading the script like off camera he is I, there is a giant whiteboard of I key cards love it and he's clearly clearly reading them yes. and i used to despise it and now i just have completely embraced the keanu lifestyle amazing all right all right got the sounders here and we'll we'll get those back in the mix okay Okay, dax all right my next statement it's i don't know what i trust keanu with more a football or a gun think about or or less less or more well it doesn't matter because think about all the movies that keanu has been involved with with a gun or a football so obviously um uh, the replacements being him uh, joe falco great movie we should honestly review that for sports movie rewind and whatnot great great one there and then his use of a gun, obviously with John Wick, what he's most known for, but also the Matrix. Uh, you know, he is a cop in speed, too. Um, and just the opening montage of this movie where he's just like, it's pouring rain and he's just shooting targets. Like, it, like yeah. he's just doing this weird practice <laughs> shooting display. And you're, like, even there's, they're, they're, they're going back and forth from the surfing montage to him just like in the pouring rain shooting. And I was like, what's the? What's the tie in here with Keanu? Like they're they're obviously it's, I know this is a movie about surfing, but he's just in the pouring rain, like shooting these hilarious targets with kind of like no context. They're just kind of starting hard right away. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that it, and then uh, with the football scene, which is just hilarious on the beach, um, that I, I started making the parallels of okay, well he's known in John Wick for being this like amazing hilarious serial killer. The Matrix is like one of the most special effects known movies, but also with him being in the replacements, him throwing the football, I was like, man, he is like really known for shooting guns and throwing a football. On top of being yeah. you know Keanu Reeves of the of the weirdo that he is, who is still just one of my favorites for all the quirky and hilarious reasons. But yeah, my statement was like, I don't know what I trust him with more, the football or a gun. I don't know which one so- it is. So let's talk about the football thing for a second. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like the timeline doesn't add up. So he's he, he was an Ohio State star quarterback, played in a Rose Bowl, had his knee destroyed. Mm-hmm. But when they identified him during the football game, you know, those guys, he tackles Swayze into the water, and the other guys are ready to rumble like, what was that, man? And Swayze defends me like, you know who this is? This is Johnny Utah, star quarterback, Ohio State. And they start talking about the knee injury. And Swayze says, 
two or three years ago, referring to two or three years ago, he was a quarterback at Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. And then he had a knee injury, a couple surgeries that knocked him out for two years. So he's presumably rehabbing and trying to become a professional quarterback for two years, realizes the knee's not responding. But then also during that time, and this might have been a lie, I think it was, mm-hmm. he tells them that he also got his law degree. So he went, to, so within a three year period, <laughs> fast track. He tells these guys that he Genius. he tore up his knee, tried to play in the NFL, didn't work out, and then also like completed law school, and now he's a lawyer. Yeah. But then on the flip side, it's like and and he's an he's just an FBI agent. After th- three years removed from the Rose Bowl, he's just now a trusted FBI agent that's being sent into these like high danger undercover scenarios. The timeline doesn't make sense to me. There's Wouldn't it take more than things. three years to either become a lawyer or become? You know, that level of FBI agent? There's a lot of things in this film that I just went along with, okay? <laughs> okay. Because you're right. There's very there's many pieces of this film that make zero sense. Okay. All right. My next statement is, I'm not sure the marriage of surfing and bank robbery makes a lot of sense, yeah. but I'm here for it. Yeah. So how many different iterations? Of, like, they knew they wanted to do a heist movie of some kind. We're going to do a – we know that heist movies are popular, and so we're going we're gonna to rob banks because it's scary and it's, it's provocative, but we need some sort of hook. You know, who are these people? How many different things or activities did they go through before they landed on surfing? Why surfing? Why are they surfers and not something else? I actually read about this because they had decided, I think what they did was, <clears throat> I think they reversed it. I think they, they knew that they were going to also involve surfing and decided, and it ends up okay. actually being pretty smart though. Like so they were like going to be, sir, they were surfers first and then they, they needed some first. vice. But that's the one part of the story that actually is smart. Like I like the thing about they, they, they basically surf and rob during the summer mm-hmm. and then go away in the fall, you know, to go surf in Hawaii, and so then they've got their cash. Like, it's an interesting, like, that's the one thing that sort of, like, tracks. Because you're right, there's a ton that doesn't track. Well, yeah, I I don't know. Like, well, none of it really tracks, but, like. <laughs> well, it's very. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the ex-presidents. It's very surfer bros to be like, hey, we're not going to have real jobs, right? So we're just going to rob banks. Like, that's going to yeah. that's gonna be our prerogative. That's gonna, how we're going to make money. Yes, it, like, it doesn't make sense in general, but, like. I mean, I snowboard. There's some parallel, you know, between snowboarding people and surfers and skateboarders, right? Like, there's some parallel there. And I feel like there's a lot of those, like, classic Shaka bros that are just like, I'm not trying to work for the man, so I'm going to do everything I can to cheat the system and then also still be able to surf whenever the hell I want, which is Bodie, yeah. So I I actually... Weirdly enough, I disagree. I think it actually makes a lot of sense. They're just like bank robbers and surfer bros. You, you, you feel the, the energy here. So do you buy that Bodie, because another theme here was, and I'll read, I'll read the quote, Bodie and the bank robbers, which would have been a great doo-wop band or something in the 60s. Bodie and the bank robbers are really on a mission to change the system is, yes. what, is yeah. what Bodie was saying. Yeah. They're not just bank robbers. And so the quote that he said to Johnny Utah was, it was never about the money for us. It was about us against the system, mm-hmm. that system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something to those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins. We show them that the human spirit is still alive. And so we get to chase that feeling of human spirit by riding these waves. And to fund it, we steal from the man. Yep. 
And that, Utah, that was my the second part was my interpretation. But that's in exactly right. Any confusion, yeah. And Utah, deep down, believes in it. Like that's the interesting thing. Like like he's torn because he he he's a uh, I am an FBI agent, but he also like gravitate towards that that um, defiance. I would actually argue that there's a few things at work here, because okay, Keanu, I I love him. Like, it is hilarious. And he reads his lines, and he plays that character. And at that time, he played that character, right? Speed, this. I would actually argue the acting performance in this film that is really good, probably, is Swayze. Because he sells yeah. that character really well. And the Bodhi character actually makes sense. Swayze was a pretty damn good actor. He was. But, I mean, that's the, but, but that part of the film, I thought, was sold really well. Keanu was a cartoon character, and Busey was, too, to a certain point. But Swayze's character and the belief that B- Bodie had in the lines that you just read, Phil, are actually pretty plausible. So the, I, another similar movie that I thought of, it, much different in tone and, you know, 20 years later, but The Town with Ben Affleck oh, yeah, I love and movie. Jeremy Renner. Great Love that film. Yeah. And so didn't they didn't they also wear president's masks? Yes. Um uh, da, 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 da. I don't know if they were president's masks, but they are, no, nuns. They dress as nuns. Nuns, nuns that's right. That's right. That's a, yeah. I, that is a great film. It's yep. an awesome movie. But there wasn't you know there, I don't think there was this underlying like greater message of, hey, we're trying to stick it to the man. They were just like right. trying to make money for themselves. Right. Was this movie made better or was it enhanced for you guys because Patrick Swayze was trying to drive a greater message about the mindlessness of driving to your nine to five job and the soullessness <laughs> of repeating the same Groundhog's Day every day? In retrospect now, um, I, I get what you just said is probably absolutely correct. And, and I think that's what the the people that did the film and wrote it wanted. But Keanu is such a cartoon character that that was lost. And and like when I think of the town and like the, the parallel is not bad there. But when I think of the town, I think great movie, like That's great really movie. movie. When I think of Point Break, I think of great fun. So, so like if you, if you were point, to replace I don't Keanu Reeves same. with somebody more well, John less corny or something like yeah. John Hamm is really good. Uh, so, yes. But like. Because Point Break has so many non-believable storylines and and is just like an action shoot 'em up film, chase 'em film, um, I don't see him the same. But now that you bring him up, I get the point completely. What do you think, Keanu? If there is a, a sequel to this movie, or if 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 the movie continued for like another hour <laughs> after Keanu, after Keanu throws his badge into the ocean, what does he do? What 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 does the rest of Johnny Utah's life look like? Because he quits uh, the FBI. Yeah, I think he go. I think he goes and lives in the woods or something. Because I think he is. I think he becomes and by the, the end is clearly as disillusioned by the system as Bodie was. But if he okay, if he well, I was gonna say if he was gonna quit the FBI anyways, wouldn't he have then just tried to? save Bodie and escape and go somewhere else with him? Like, like he knew that he was uh, no. going to quit the FBI or did he not know until they had the confrontation? I think he didn't know. And I think that, well, the, 
the end of the film and the dialogue between him and Bodie is is intriguing to, to me too because he talks about and it's hilariously funny but it but he talks about you know I found a piece of meat and what Baja that ended up being so and so got in a fight with a guy that was bigger and like he goes through all the play you know found a credit card in Fiji missed you by a week in Fiji yeah yeah it's hilarious but anyway I think he had just become. I think he wanted to find him, but I think he was also had become sick of the system. That's just my guess. Okay. So he was kind of like, yeah, he he, he didn't really know until the final confrontation that he was going to toss that badge into the, into the ocean. All That's right. my guess. Okay, back to Judd. Um, all right. Again, I suspended my belief, so I enjoyed it. But here's my statement, which is a question. Where were the cops? There are never squad cars that show up until the airport when when they're oh. going to take off from yeah. the air, airport. But in that entire chase scene, which is a great chase scene that starts as a car chase and ends as, as a uh, foot chase, I don't remember ever seeing the cop cars show up, right? Like ordinarily you'd call for backup, right? And then the I mean it is LA. There's a, you know there, there's a lot of other things happening. And then they so. start to fall in and by the way, that whole scene to me is so much fun, but it's the most it's probably the most un or it is among the most unbelievable parts of that film, including Bodie. Bodie decides to torch the car, right? So he decides to torch the the car that they robbed the bank with. And he takes like what? What is that? That it's a gas? It, it's a um, a gasoline nozzle? Like it's a big? Yeah. And he's and he's got a a lighter. It's like a flame and gasoline. I, I mean, oh, okay. he turned it into a flamethrower. Flame yeah. Okay, but in real life, in real life, that would blow back on you so quick, you'd be burned and killed. Yeah. Like he's literally standing there with with. I believe the gasoline is in his right hand and the lighter is in his left hand. And he's like just torching it. And he's like, like he's um, watering a garden. Yeah. Or when, when, when the, when they go do that surf, like at, at late after Bodie's place and they like light a fire and they like show the montage, of this dude, like putting a knife through a thing, a, a kerosene so they can start a fire on the beach. Just like <laughs> casually, like just putting a, putting a knife through a bottle of, of lighter fluid. And then they just light a fire on the beach yeah. like that. that would, you, Why would, wouldn't you, you just, would burn your hand. I thought about that too. Why would, like, when, when they did that and I'm kind of, you know, just, I can be a little, uh, I don't know what the word is. Anal with stuff like that. Like, why wouldn't you just take the cap off and pour it on the in a responsible yeah, way? Inter- yes, no, you can't. Sense. You gotta have the slow motion. We're going on the it. waves. We're gonna light a bonfire on the beach. Like the but montage the, of that is just hilarious. But dude, he's got gasoline. He's literally gasoline yeah. pouring out of the nozzle and a flame, yeah. and it's just all going, you know, perfectly yeah. towards the car. And then the other thing is in that chase. Doesn't anybody in Los Angeles, California, lock their doors? No. <laughs> Bodie runs through a house, open door. He then goes in through a sliding glass door, which is not locked. Like, this is California. It's hilarious. Yeah, people were more trusting, I think, 30 years ago. Just you know, no one locking I wasn't. To your point about the general incompetence of the police department, I already brought up some of my complaints here in that, you know how does the how does the police department allow Johnny Utah to stay on this case after everything that's happened? It doesn't make sense. But you know the bank robbery unit specifically seemed awfully toxic. You got managers screaming at their employees on a regular basis. You know you got employees punching their managers too. Uh, just a lot of demeaning language. I I, I feel like 
and again, it is the L.A. Police Department in the early 90s. And so yeah. in real life, there was a lot of shady things happening as well. I just feel like maybe an investigation of some kind would have been helpful, Declan. Uh, my next statement is I love how the Corona Extra bottle has not changed in like 20 or 30 years. You, did you guys notice this? Because like they're, with all due respect to our friends at Surly Brewing, which is our favorite beverage, I noticed that throughout the course of this film, and I don't know if Corona was a sponsor, but the Corona Extra bottle is still the exact same. And oh, I don't, yeah, that, I don't, that's, I bet they're a sponsor. And yeah, I don't know, because uh, like you know, like uh, other beers have brought back like their older cans, like Coors and Miller have like now brought back their cans from like the '80s, and now it's like the normal can in 2022. But then like I was like tr- I was literally googling last night watching like evolution of Corona bottle. It hasn't changed. It's been the exact yeah. same look, the exact same brand. And also, to my original point in my first statement of this being Fast and the Furious, the beer of Fast and the Furious is the Corona Extra. Like, there are numerous scenes in the Fast and the Furious they are drinking Coronas. Even when Dom uh, uh, meets meets uh, Paul Walker, says, do you want a Corona? Like, so that's, an, that's another parallel between Point Break and Fast and the Furious yeah, is the love crazy. of Corona Extra. I love it. No, I, I hadn't that's thought about the, the Corona parallel, but you're, I think you're hitting on the inspiration for one of the great movie franchises of all time. It's here. absurd, dude. Wow. They receive their proper credit. Okay, I have, I have one more statement. Uh, and it's along the the drinking lines. Gary Busey might be an alcoholic in this movie. Oh yeah. Did you see the part? So they're they're first gathered in the office, and Gary Busey is laying out his entire theory for how they're probably surfers and some of the evidence that he's collected, and he's going to show them the wax for the first time, and he's laying all this stuff out. And in yep. between laying all this stuff out. He has a gigantic bottle of Jack Daniels, and he's just taking pulls of Jack Daniels while he explains this case to Johnny Utah. Amazing. Just, ah, just frenetic, and, ah, yeah, so we got, we pulled some wax over here, and it can only come from three places. And he pauses, grabs a bottle, takes two chugs, sets it back down. Ah. And Johnny's just like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, what would you be thinking if, okay, this is my first week or my first day? Yeah, and this guy is like frenetically laying out all this evidence and just getting smoked off of Jack Daniels. Not even pouring it into a glass, just taking pulls of Jack Daniels, which I'm sure Jack Daniels paid a handsome price also to be be in that movie. I love Busey. Very disheveled Gary Busey. All right, any other statements from you guys before we get into the other categories? I've got one more. My statement is this. Suspended in midair. So in the first skydiving scene, when when Keanu, when when Keanu um, Utah agrees to go up with them to skydive, or basically is taken, despite the fact he's been made, and he should know by then he's been made. Um, when that all transpires, yeah, yeah, hold on, you know, why would he do that? He would. Like he he knows that they saw him. Yes, he knows he, they. He saw chased him. one of them. He yeah. you know. Bodie, he had chased Bodie. Yes. So like he's been made and he knows he's been made. And by the way, nobody, nobody like he doesn't tell his bosses, I've been made. I'm going to have to come off this game. No, no, no. It's just like, okay, yeah, let's go. And and then they all switch the packs. And so you think that, that they're go- going to eventually give, give him the shoot that does not work, but they don't. Okay. I'm willing to believe all of that because I have one simple question and I don't know this skydiving. How long are you up there before you actually come down? Because in that particular scene, they are they are up there forever. 
Like, like they're all banded together at one point, and they're like somersaulting. Which, by the way, I'm sure that's very cool. I wouldn't do it. Couldn't pay. Okay, me. I just looked this up. How no, long I'm... do you free fall when skydiving? Thank you. From skydiveorange.com. On average, you fall 200 feet per second during a skydive. So from 10,000 feet, this means you'll be in a free fall for approximately 30 seconds. From eight, from 18,000 feet, you'll fall for about 90 seconds. Yeah, they were so, up for about five minutes. So are they? <laughs> so they're li- they're literally in outer space when they jump out and, of that plane. <laughs> and I watched I watched a a, a doc on th- this film yesterday. What they did was they suspended them on like some type of contraption with a fan below them so that they're sh- shooting them and, and they're stretched out and the camera is actually up by them. So it looks like that, that they're uh, like they're diving, but at some point in time, you ain't going to be up there for like a day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It did seem, it didn't seem like an excessive amount of time. So I love yeah, that. 90 seconds. But again, I don't know. Is that was that plane somehow flying at like 30,000? Because <laughs> was it flying at a commercial level of 30,000 feet? I, a, I'm guessing that's not allowed. I don't, I don't know think you're supposed skydiving. to. Yeah, I think you're supposed I'm, to stay a little I'm with bit Dex. lower. I would not. You couldn't, couldn't pay, pay me. me. Go skydiving. Could not pay me. Sounds kind of fun to me. I don't know if Sounds I would. Sounds awful. Are you serious? No, I don't know that I would actually do it. But OK, Sounds you were offered the terrible. chance today for, for, let's say, in a month. So you got to do some training. I don't know what, to, but would, would you go, go through it? Like my immediate response would be not on. Your well, I think life. your first X amount, ha- like you can't just do it on your own right away. I think you have no. to, don't you have to jump like a bunch of times with, with an instructor or someone before they can send you out on your own, I believe and the instructor so. which is, raises another question. You know, Johnny Utah had probably never done that before. He hadn't. He said, and he I've was not jumping it. with an instructor. Yes. And then the second time he jumped, he jumped without with no a parachute. Shoot. No so shoot. the second time he jumps ever. He jumps Ever. without a shoot. He jumps without a shoot and still knows how to maneuver his way like down to someone to else to grab. The, yeah. Yep. <laughs> By the way, when they showed You're when die, they showed the, they showed the behind the the behind the back view of Johnny Utah without a parachute, and it was very obvious that the stuntman had a parachute like pack. It was just a dark color that they were they were trying to line the camera <laughs> angle up right. It was very I mean, obviously like they're not going to send a stuntman out without a pack. So I want reality. <laughs> I'm not worried about the stuntman. Amazing. All right. Uh, any f- final statements here from you guys? Dex? I'm good. good. I'm good. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, let's get to the last two uh, ranking categories here, which are the definitive bad guy rankings and the entertainment value. And these are presented by our friends. Speaking of risky, okay, jumping Uh-oh. out of a plane and landing at Meadows at Mystic. There you go. You want to wow. inject some some risk into your life. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll make sure, I'll be making a tea time this weekend cuz it's uh, it's a beautiful weekend finally here in the Twin Cities and I'm going to head down to the Meadows at Mystic Lake. You can book your tea time at golfthemeadows.com to learn more and you know instead of taking risks, I might uh might take a lesson. So can you. You can take golf lessons there at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. They offer uh, uh golf lessons at your disposal as well and a great Meadows bar and grill to enjoy a nice happy hour beer before or after your round. Book your tea time now at golfthemeadows.com to learn more. It's golfthemeadows.com to learn more. All right, so let's start with the definitive bad guy rating here, which is a 1 to 10 scale criteria being how iconic are they, how ruthless are they, and how charismatic are they, all kind of blended into one score, 1 through 10. So to this point, the only two villains that we've had are in the in the Top Gun movies, which they're really personal demons are the are right. the villains in those movies. We have an actual villain here in Surfer Bodhi. Yep. He is the ringleader of a group of surfer bank robbers. So 
what is Judd your evaluation and ranking of Bodie as a bad guy? I would actually argue that Swayze was probably, as far as roles in this film, the best actor in the film. I thought that the I thought he did a great job of selling the bad guy portion, but almost as a sympathetic at times uh, character as well. I'm going to give him an eight. I thought he was very good. Yeah, yeah, like he's. I wouldn't like classify him as ruthless. You know, like he he's not your like quintessential. Uh, diehard bad guy, or like Drago and Rocky, like he, he he's, yeah, like he has, he has a heart. I mean, he killed someone, but he does have a heart. Yeah, he's likable, and he also he's he's you know defending his brothers and defending his friends and all that stuff. So, but the character itself, to Judd's point, like it's a really good character. Um, so I, I give it a I give it a solid seven. I give it a, I give it a solid seven. Um, it, it he lacks that little bit of like true hatred, but you also kind of root for him, so it, it makes up for it to a degree. So I give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I think just going through, so how iconic, well, let's start with charismatic. It's a 10. Like yes, he's correct. From a, from a character charisma standpoint, just it's Patrick Swayze, man. I mean, this is it's just quintessential, like late oh, 80s, yeah. early 90s, Patrick Swayze. Uh, ruthless level. I mean, he, he killed a guy. He did. He killed oh, a guy. So he, towards the end, he proves to be. Yeah, he'll do whatever far it more takes. Ruthless. Yeah, he'll do yeah, whatever it takes. I agree. Uh, iconic, pretty high. I don't know that, you know, this certainly doesn't rise to the level of like some of the most iconic bad guys that you'll ever think of. It's not the, it's, it's not a Mount Rushmore situation. So I'm with Dex. I'm going to give him a seven mm-hmm. here, which means, uh, let's see, 22 divided by three. So a 7.3 okay. for Surfer Bodie yeah. out of 10. It's definitely not a 10. Like it's, it's not even written as a 10. Yeah. Pretty solid 10. though. 7.3. Okay, now we're looking for overall entertainment value on a 1 to 10 scale of this movie. So far, Top Gun Maverick, 9.3, and Top Gun Original, 8.3. Judd? Um, I love this film. I'm biased <laughs> towards it because of, of that. It's from, you know, when I was like 21 as well, so I'll, I, it, it's fun. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a... I'm not going to give it a 10, by the way. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9. Okay. Nine. You can give it a ten. No, 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 no. A ten. I feel like it's premature in the franchise of this uh, of uh, AMR two point to go ten. So I'm I'm not going ten yet. Uh, I you know it, it's kind of a funny, goofy film. I love Keanu. That helps it for me. And I know it's it is on television all the time. I don't have cable anymore, but I mean, just remember as a, as a having cable and seeing the guides. I used to see it all the time. I don't think I'm going to stop and watch this film though. Like, I, it doesn't do it for me. I know Judd loves it, but, like, if I saw it on TV and I was trying to pass some time on, on a weekend or put some background noise on, I don't even know if I'd click on it. Uh, go down, Declan. So, for me, it's it's a six and a half. It's a six and a mm-hmm. half out of ten. I love Keanu. Um, Swayze's great. Uh, but, for me, just a six and a half out of ten. You know, I, this is a movie that I will stop on. And I, I one thing I forgot to say in statements, too, I like Lori Petty in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Lori, Lori Petty had a nice run, point League break. Own. League of Their Own. Into League of Their Own, uh, yep. Free Willy, if you yep. guys remember yep. that movie. Oh, yeah. Yep. Also starring Lori Petty. She was, yeah, she did a Orange lot. is the New Black later on mm-hmm. on Netflix. So I'm a, I'm a Lori Petty guy. Mm-hmm. And I it's not a 10 for me, but it's a good solid 8. This is a, okay. I will stop and watch this until there's a commercial break almost every time it's on. And if it's late at night and I'm looking for something to fade Just out to. Keep going. I'm running it on a sleep timer. And and I'm fading out. 
So that means it's a 7.8. So right now it's the worst movie that we have reviewed of the three, but still pretty wow. solid. Yeah, and, and, uh, and come on. I mean, some Top Guns. Woo-hoo. Yes, yes, two of the, the iconic ones. So, um, all right, I have a – I'm going to just pick movies off a list for us here with with all of the things we've discussed, you know, over the two years of doing Ash Movie Rewinds, including I think it's important, and, and Declan is right on this, we should – we go old school a lot, like old school 80s and 90s. We should also represent the 2000s as much as possible because so, we have a lot of younger listeners that were maybe born in the 90s that grew up on movies in the 2000s. Sure. And I found one that we didn't do in the first iteration, but that includes icons like Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie from the 2000s. Okay. Gone in 60 seconds. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> yes. I love gone, this movie. Gone I, in I 60 seconds. Okay. So, I've heard uh, of it, but I haven't seen it. There's so many. I think the goal here is we want to we do movies that are they're action movies, but that the most amount of people have seen them. And we want to balance the fact that we have a lot of listeners that are maybe 40 and over, but we also have some younger listeners. And so if we can, if we can mix in at least once or twice a month movies from the 2000s, it's great for everyone. Uh, so gone in sixty seconds. Nice, starring right. Nicholas Cage and Jolie. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, Judd, I'll, I'll get I'll get a runtime here for you just to make 207. sure. Two oh seven. Two oh seven. Okay, yeah. it's within striking distance. So there we go. All right, action movie rewind on Mackie and Judd every single Friday and the Score North YouTube channel. Give us suggestions, and we'll uh, add them to the list. Thanks, guys.